I was the third John chapter one verse two. Third John chapter one verse two. If you couple what I'm teaching on Wednesday for what you learned Sunday, there's no way your life will ever be the same. Amen. So if you're missing any of the services, you need to get the CD and listen. Amen. Don't be coming to me years down the road talking about I'm in financial trouble because you didn't show up that day. And again, I get an amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we're still talking about prosperity is real. Here in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish, desire, or pray above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in health, even as thy what? So prosper. Come on. Did God tell us it is his will for us to prosper? Is it, is, it, is it God's will for us to prosper? Is it God's will for us to be in health? Amen? These two things. Somebody say these two things. Once again, somebody might say, well, there's three. No, there's not three. Because the last one tells us how it's going to happen. God says he desires above all things that we prosper. God says he desires above all things that we be in health, but how is it going to happen? Even as our soul prosper. So once again, healing starts where? Inside. I'm talking about spiritual healing. Spiritual healing starts inside, then it affects the body. Let me say it again. Spiritual healing starts inside, then it affects the body. Prosperity from God starts inside, then it affects your purse, your wallet, and your accounts. Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you're someone that says, keep going, talking about I, I need some money, I need some money, I got to have some money, I got to have some money, that's not what you need. Amen. Tell your neighbor, that's not what you need. The first thing that is, the first thing that has to happen is you have to be changed in your believing change in your thinking and change in your speaking and change in your acting. Come on, say amen, somebody. When your soul begins to prosper, he says, when your soul begins to prosper, when a man thinks in his heart, that's how he is. So that means if you think you're poor, you're going to be poor. Amen? And there's a lot of poor people with money. We said, talked about that last week. There's a lot of poor people money. There's a lot of people that, ha that have money, but they're not prosperous. Why? Because they're tormented by what they have. Why? Because they're always scared that they're, oh boy. they're always what? Scared that they're going to lose it. And they lay, up, they, lay up, they lay awake all night trying to figure out how they're going to keep somebody else from getting it. And once again, it's sad because why? There are a lot of people who have lots of money in the bank and don't want to enjoy anything. That's why they drive an old raggedy car and got millions in the bank. They won't live in a nice place and won't do anything for their kids. Come on, they got money, but they're still poor. Where? They're poor on the inside. Now think about it once again. If that's possible, then you can be rich with no money. You can be what? Rich with no money. See, if you can have money and still be a poor person, 
then you can have no money and still be a rich person right now. Come on, say, I'm rich right now. Come on, say, I'm rich right now. Now, in Genesis, we start asking the question, what kind of God do we serve? Is he a God of lack or is he a God of plenty? Come on, is he a God of, pro- of po- poverty or is he a God of abundance? Amen? Now, we're not just saying the answers. What we're doing, we're proving it through the what? Through the B-I-B-L-E. And we know God revealed himself through two rede- major redemptive names. One was El Shaddai, and it revealed God's nature, his character, and his will. We looked at the root word Shaddai, and we found that it's the root word for breast. Come on, say amen, somebody. Just like a mother's breast is an infant's total source of supply, well, God is our total source of supply. And understand this, you do not have many sources. Let me say it again. You do not have many sources. You have one source. Now, he uses many channels. And people will say, wow, that came from a totally unexpected source. No, it didn't. Come on, say amen, somebody. It may have have come from an unexpected channel, but you don't have many sources. Who is your source? Come on, who's your source? Our complete source of supply is who? God. There's nothing that we would ever need or want that is not in him, folks. Everything for your soul. Everything for your mind. Everything for your body, everything in your life, in your family, your business, everything that you would ever need or desire is in him. Somebody say it's in him. Come on, say he's my source. Come on, say he's my source. That's why when you give an offering, you say God is my unlimited, unfailing source of supply. Amen. Now we've seen where God revealed himself to Abram as Jehovah Jireh. The God that sees ahead and provides that supply. What? He sees what you need even before you get there. And then he sends the ram on the way so that you and the provisioner will arrive at the same time, at the same place. Why? Because the Lord will provide. Tell your neighbor, the Lord will provide. Amen? And we went back and we began to talk about this, that God has identified himself at numerous places Amen. In the scripture with this title that I am the God of what? Abraham and what? Isaac and who? And Jacob. And we asked the question, what kind of God did Abraham know? Come on. He knew a God that blessed him. Come on. Say amen, somebody. He knew a God that what? Blessed him. He knew a God who made him very rich. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knew a God who was faithful to him and protected him and his family. Come on. He knew a God who allowed him to pray and intercede and call him his friend. Amen. Then we asked what kind of man was Abraham that God could bless him like he did. Come on. He was a man who obeyed God and did what he told him to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. He's a man that would would lead anything, go anywhere, and give anything. All right, this is bothering me. I need all y'all to move over here. (laughs) Everybody in the middle here. (laughs) Everybody over here. No, 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 I'm talking about this section over here. Over here. My ushers are supposed to do this. Everybody move one section. Because I'm trying to do all this. (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on, everybody move in the middle. Thank you. We all love each other in here, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. I'm the one that's hot. Y'all only got one air conditioner on. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. That's better. Everybody. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> amen. Once again, we ask what kind of man was Abraham that God could bless him like he did? He was a man that what? Obeyed God and did what he told him to do. A man that would leave anything, go anywhere, and give anything. A man who, would, who obeyed him completely and stepped out in faith when he didn't know what to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. We know, Ab we know Abram was a tither, somebody that put God first. He was unselfish. He was somebody who preferred his brother, and he was hospitable. Somebody say hospitable. In Genesis, God referred himself as the God of what? Abraham and Isaac. Well, we asked the question, what kind of God did Isaac know? Amen. Come on, you know Isaac is alive right now. Abraham is alive right now. Why did I say that? They're in heaven. They're where? But we fail to realize it's heaven is just as real as St. Thomas. Let me say it again. Heaven is just as real as St. Thomas, but it's much nicer. But we got to realize it's just as real. Tell your neighbor, it's just as real. See, people talk about how, how awful death is. Death is only awful if you're lost. Death for the saint is not awful. Amen? We didn't even lose them. They just what? They just transferred. Come on, they just what? They went from one place to another. Come on. They're not in that body that you buried. Come on, say amen, somebody. They're in heaven with who? With Jesus. Heaven is real. The streets are real. The houses are real. The flowers are real. The animals are real. Everything about heaven is real. So stop crying when somebody goes. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But if we could sit down with Isaac and Abraham in heaven and ask them a question, what kind of God did you know? Because our God never changes. Because our God never changes. And I believe Isaac would speak up and say he was a God that made his daddy a multi-billionaire. Come on, he's the same God we serve, folks. And guess what? We're coming up. We're increasing. I've got a couple of amens. Come on, we're going to be able to do more, give more, and sow more. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, what kind of God did Isaac know? He knew a God who made his daddy one of the richest men in the whole region. He knew a God who led his daddy to find him the perfect wife and leave him billions of dollars to take care of her. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. He's got all this money, 
to start his life with his beautiful wife. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then we talked about inheritance. Go to Proverbs 13, 22 again. We talked about inheritance. We read Proverbs 13, 22. It says what? A good man leaveth what? An inheritance to his children's children, meaning this, and it says and, meaning this is connected, right? And the wealth of the sinners laid up for the what? Well, what does that mean? It means that their wealth does not continue to their seed. Why? Because their wealth is supposed to come to us. Okay, I'm glad somebody received it. Thanks, Sister Maggie. I'm glad you received that. Come on, reach up and get it, Sister Maggie. Come on, reach. Thank you. I said, Sister Maggie, y'all didn't answer me last time. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Now they want to be obedient. See that? Amen. Glory to God. The wealth of sinners laid up for the what? Just. Their wealth is supposed to come to us, folks. But our wealth, our wealth is supposed to accumulate and then be handed down to the next generation. Then it accumulates even more, and then they hand it down to the next generation and keep going on and on and on until the Lord comes. Come on, say amen, somebody. But most Christians don't think this way. Even though this is Bible, but listen, believing and saying it is great, but there's more to it than that. Let me say it again. Believing and saying it is great, but there's more to it than that. There is an obedient part of this. Somebody say obedient. So we're going to continue to talk about obedience. Turn to Genesis 26, 1. Let's go back there. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. See, we are now seeing how Isaac experienced the blessing on his life. How Isaac experienced the blessing on his life. Genesis chapter 26, look at verse 1. What's it say here? And there was what? Famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham... And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of Philistine, unto what? Gerah. Somebody say Gerah. Now, apparently, he was thinking about going to Egypt. And Egypt was probably the strongest world economy at that time. Amen? See, when times got worse, the people would go to Egypt. Somebody say Egypt. Now, here Isaac is in the middle of a famine, which means there's no rain, which means there's no crops. This is an agrarian society, so everything is based on the crops and the lifestyle. So if there is no rain, that means there is no what? Crops. And eventually people will start what? Starving to death. A famine is worse than a recession, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. So Isaac is a rich man, but I don't care how rich you are, you got to have food. So he relocates, and apparently he's headed towards Egypt. Verse 2, and the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I what? I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will what? And will what? Bless thee. 
Where will the blessing occur for Isaac? He said, sojourn in this land. Ain't that what he said? Look at verse 3. He said, what would God tell him? Sojourn in this land. So where would the blessing occur for Isaac? In this land. What if he had gone to Egypt? Would he have been blessed the same way? What if he decided to go his own way? Come on, we're talking about what kind of God is God. Come on, he's a blesser. He'll protect you. He's faithful. He'll warn you, and he'll show you. I should have got a bigger amen than that. Come on, he'll lead you. Come on, say amen, somebody. He'll bless you, and he'll make you rich. But that's not all that's to it. There's a manward side to this. You must obey. Say you must obey. Abraham was obedient. Amen? And don't you think he taught Isaac what he learned? See, Isaac learned about God from somebody who knew something about God. Who was that? That was his daddy. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, when the Lord told him, don't go to Egypt, don't go to Egypt, that seemed like a bad economic decision. The Lord told him to do what? Stay right here. And then he says, and I will be with thee and will what? And will what? Bless thee. Come on, he's going to bless him in the place he's supposed to be. Say it again. He's going to bless him in the place he's supposed to be. Listen, if you're out of your place, you're out of your grace, and you will fall on your face. And that's a fact. Just watch and see. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, people have the tendency to quote part of a scripture and ignore the rest of it. Well, the Bible says, go into all the word and preach the gospel. It does say that, but it didn't just say that to just John Smith. See, that's, that's to all of us, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, John Smith is not going to single-handedly preach the gospel to every creature on this planet. Well, does that mean anywhere is a place to go preach the gospel as long as you're going? Well, if you look at the book of Acts, you see them applying what Jesus taught them. Amen. You'll see people like Apostle Paul. He's going into the world and preaching the gospel, but the book of Acts reveals that he would go to certain places and the Holy Ghost would say, don't go there. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. The Holy Ghost would forbid him from going into certain places. Why? Is it wrong to preach the gospel to people there? Well, it is for him. Come on, say amen, somebody. It is for him. But you see, God has other people. And as ministers, we have to realize not everybody's ready for you. Let me say it again. Not everybody's ready for you. God knows who received through you and who won't. And he'll send you to the right people who will receive through you. Why? Because we're vessels. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it's like drinking water from a cup. 
And see, some people can just be just ignorant. Come on, they can be starving to death. Come on, just for a drink of water. And you hand them a cup, and they go, oh, no. I only drink from brown, from brown cups. And I don't drink from yellow cups. And I don't drink from cups that have a Yankee accent. I don't drink from educated cups. I don't drink from rich cups. Well, guess what? They're going to die of thirst. Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, see, what happened, that means you have limited yourself. If you want to grow and fully develop like you should, you have to be willing to drink from any cup, any way, anyhow. Let me say it again. If you want to grow and fully develop like you should, you have to be willing to what? To drink from any cup, any way, anyhow. God will send you a word through somebody that may have just gotten saved. But you look at them and say, you just got saved. And now you're going to give me a word from God. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, You've seen them yesterday just around the corner selling drugs. But now they're coming to give you a word. But listen, you have to check yourself. You have to check your heart because why? God will use anybody. Come on, say amen, somebody. You can always look at them and misjudge them. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's why you got to always check your heart. Ask God to help you be open-minded enough to realize it's him. Come on, say amen, somebody. If that person has truly repented, can God use them? Come on, if they're truly clean, can God speak through them? Yes. So you have to open because you have to stay open because why? God can talk to you through somebody bagging groceries. God can speak to you through somebody that may not even be saved. Oh, Lord. Why? Just an idea comes across their mind and they say it. But you got to be able to recognize that what God is saying in anybody, anywhere. Let me say it again. You have to be able to recognize what God is saying in anybody, anywhere. And, of course, I don't want you to be gullible. Come on, say amen, somebody. Just come by, just because somebody said this, this, this is thus saith the Lord. That doesn't mean it is. Yeah, but they're a prophet. Yeah, but they're an apostle. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But you have the Spirit of God in you. And you have a witness. And you gotta listen to that witness. Turn your you gotta listen to that witness. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he told him, I want you to stay. Right here. So stay where? Right here. When the Lord tells you to stay right here, can you be blessed just as well somewhere else? Somebody say no. See, I know for myself, when I was deciding where to go to school to receive training for ministry, I thought about Rhema, I 
thought about ORU. I looked at all the schools. I went online, looked at all the Christian schools. Amen. But the Lord told me specifically to go to Word of Faith School of Ministry. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's where I was blessed. See, for me, there was no better place for me to be taught and trained. Come on, say amen, somebody. For me, there would have been nowhere else where I could have received as much and be blessed as much. No other place. Now, that doesn't mean there's no other ministry on earth that's good. No other school that's good. Come on, say amen, somebody. The key is, if the Lord sent you there, then there's no other ministry that is good for you. Let me say it again. If the Lord sent you there, then there's no other ministry that is good for you. Nowhere else will you receive what you're supposed to receive like the place where he sent you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And people will come in and say, they'll say, I get this all the time. They're coming to church the first time or just a couple of times. They'll say, God has answered my prayer. He's finally hooked me up right here at this church. This is right where I'm supposed to be. Then a month later, they get offended about something somebody did to them and they're gone. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now what it is, they think it was about something with us. Well, if the Lord told you to come to this church, you better come to this church even if you don't like looking at me. Okay. <laughs> what happens? People get people in their eyes. Well, I don't like the way they look. I didn't, I, they didn't do it this way. They didn't do that. Come on, say amen, somebody. What happens is they don't have an awareness of who they're really serving. See, you don't serve me, and I don't serve you. Come on. See, you're not going to stand before me at the judgment seat of Christ and give me an account of what you with your life. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I'm not going to stand before you. And so many times people are led into something, but then they jump out of the will of God because of an offense. So they bounce around from here and there, and they struggle because they didn't stay where God put them. Come on, say amen, somebody. And they may even know the faith principles. They may, may, they may have all their faith confessions lined up. But there's more to it than that, folks. Isaac was raised up in a faith family. He was raised up by the so-called father of faith, Abraham. Come on. He could have went to Egypt and made faith confessions. Come on. And would have said, I'm, being, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail right here in Egypt. And he would not have been blessed. Come on. See, it's not just about knowing faith principles. It works together. Tell your neighbor, it works together. Every one of us has a place where we're supposed to be. Let me say it again. Every one of us has a place where we're supposed to be. 
No other place will do, and the devil knows that. I'll say it again, and the devil knows that. That's why he's always trying to start something. I'll say it again. That's why he's always trying to start something. Amen? Always trying to get you into a fight with somebody. Get you mad at somebody. Get you upset with somebody. Come on, sucking your teeth at somebody. Amen. And see, there are some things that can only be done corporately, folks. There are certain things individually I can't do, but as a church family, we can do it. And the devil knows that. So he he what? So he'll keep fighting us. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what he'll do, he'll try to keep us fighting each other all the time. Then he can keep us from doing what we're supposed to do. Hello? So he told Isaac, you stay where? Right here. He said, now I'll be with you, and I will what? Bless you. So what did Isaac do? Look at verse 5. It says, because that Abraham what? Obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And it says in verse 6, and Isaac what? Dwelt in where? Gerar. What does dwelt mean? That means he stayed. Tell your neighbor, he stayed. Come on, he said, Gerar is a place for me. It doesn't make any difference. Listen, if it, it doesn't make any difference if the water doesn't taste good. Come on. It doesn't make any difference if you don't like the climate or the customs or if people don't like you or don't treat you right. None of that matters. Tell your neighbor, none of that matters. If the Lord said dwell in Gerar, then there's no other place like Gerar for you. There's only one place where the full blessings is going to be for your life. And it's not about geography. It's about the perfect will of God. That's the place. Tell your neighbor, that's the place. That's the, that's the place where he'll protect you. That's the place where you will prosper physically, financially, and spiritually. Amen. Amen? And it's all linked to being where you should be. Let me say it again. It's all linked to being where you what? Where you should be. But notice what else happened. What did Isaac do in verse 6? He did what? He dwelt in Gerar. He stayed in he what? He lived in Gerar. Then in verse 12, go down there. Verse what? 12. Then Isaac did what? Isaac, Isaac sold in. Isaac sold in that land. Isaac sold in that land. In that place. Question. Is it okay to just sow anywhere? No. Come on, this is another place where people get mis mis misunderstanding. Amen? See, they say, well, I'm going to give, so the first person they see, they just give everything they got. The first person that tells them a sad story. Come on. Listen, you can actually miss it by giving it to the wrong person. Then you don't have it when the right person comes by. 
You hear what I just said? Why? Because the devil's always trying to, to get things like this to happen in your life. Well, the question is, well, how do I know when and who to give to? Well, that means you should have been here when I taught on how to be led by the Spirit. <laughs> Come on. See, the answer is to be led by the Holy Ghost inside you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Be led by the what? Witness inside. Don't let somebody else tell you where to give and how to give. Be led by the Spirit of God yourself. Pray. Seek God and he'll show you. Tell your neighbor, he'll show you. But it says Isaac did what? He sowed in that land. How many people know in the natural that looks like throwing your seed away? Because what? They're in the middle of a famine. Why would you sow some seed in the middle of a famine? Things are not looking good in this land. It looks like you're just wasting money. You're just throwing it away. But when God says so, he knows what he's doing. Tell your neighbor, he knows what he's doing. So Isaac sold in the land, and when everybody else was having a famine, come on, what happened at the end of that season? It says he received in the same year a what? A hundredfold and the Lord what? Blessed him. Now I know not everyone believes in the hundredfold. But if Isaac were here tonight and you said, Brother Isaac, do you believe in the literal hundredfold return on your sowing? Well, he'd say, well, I not only believe it, but I've lived it. Then he'd ask you, did you read the book? Yeah. Well, that's what happened. And that was not a figure of speech. Come on, say amen, somebody. He sowed natural seed and reaped in one year a hundredfold natural harvest. Because anybody getting this? Why is that in there? Because it doesn't belong to us anymore? Because it's all passed away? And he just put it there to steer us up so we can say, well, that's not for us today? Well, if that's the case, why is it in here? Come on, say amen, somebody. Somebody say a hundredfold. Somebody say a hundredfold. See, me and my wife, we know about a hundredfold. When we sold that $10,000 in the word of faith before we left Southfield Church, we claimed a hundredfold on our giving. And guess what? We're receiving a hundredfold right now. With this property, with this ministry. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's happening right now. Do I believe in a hundredfold? Yes. And I'm not ashamed to say it. Come on, say amen, somebody. I've seen that it's happened to me many times. And somebody may ask, well, does it happen every time? Well, there are many variables. <laughs> Amen. It depends on what kind of seed you sow and what kind of ground you sow it into. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And it depends what kind of faith you have to reap. Let me say it again. It depends what? It depends on what kind of ground, what kind of seed you sow 
depends on what kind of ground you sow into it, sow it into, and it depends on what kind of faith you have to receive and to reap. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it's a fact that a hundredfold is Bible, is a Bible established fact. Somebody say hundredfold. See, Isaac knew God of a hundredfold return. That's the God he knew. God knew God, Isaac knew a hundredfold God. Somebody say hundredfold. He knew someone who blessed him when everybody else was starving. Come on, he reaped a hundredfold when other people were going under. And listen, the Lord will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No matter what's going on around you, you can profit anyway. Let me say that again. No matter what's going on around you, you can profit anyway. Somebody say, I can profit anyway. Why? Because God can do some supernatural things. Well, look at verse 13. Since y'all so excited. And the man waxed what? Great. And did what? Went forward. That's one of the definitions of prosperity. It means to succeed in reaching. It means you move out, you move up, and you move forward. And it says, and he grew until he became what? Until he became what? Very great. Come on, who did this for him? Who did this for him? God. Is this just talking about spiritually being very great? Or read the next verse. What's it say here? For he had what? Possession of what? Flocks. Possession of what? Herds. Come on. This is natural material wealth. And a great store of what? Servants. Come on. He has possession of flocks, herds, a store of servants or a store of employees. And then it says, and the Philistines envied him. If you read this whole thing, it says the king of Philistines envied him because of his stuff. Because of his stuff. Keep a marker here and go to Jeremiah 33, 6. King of the king of the Philistines envied him because of his stuff. Anybody going to have some stuff in here? Jeremiah thirty-three, verse six. Jeremiah thirty-three, verse six. What's he say here? He says, behold, I will bring it health and cure. Listen, you can be healed on this verse alone. He said, I will bring it health and cure. And I will what? And I will what? Come on, say, I'll take that. And reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Come on, there's healing in peace, folks. Let me say that again. There's healing in peace. See, peace itself will heal you. Because why? Because peace is the manifest presence of God. Come on, the truth will make you what? Right. Verse 7, and he says, And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first. 
And then in verse 8 he says, I will cleanse them from their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their what? Iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have what? Transgressed against me. Does he still pardon iniquities today? Does he still forgive? Does he still heal? Yes. Come on. This scripture belongs to us, does it? Does this scripture belong to us? But keep reading. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness, for all the prosperity that I can procure unto it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, is this the word of the Lord for us and to us? Can we receive this for ourselves? Come on, is he still the good God? Is he still the God of financial prosperity? Is it still his will to do good, to good for us materially? To the point where people tremble when they see how much we have. And they know it's the hand of God. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. Come on. Is it still his will to do good for us financially and materially to the point where people tremble when they see and they know it's the hand of God? Listen, they know it was a blessing of the Lord and it was a supernatural sign and a witness from God himself. See, God does signs with somebody that was a sinner. What he does, he saves them and cleans them up. Am I right or wrong? God does signs and healing. Somebody that was giving up and said it was, it was just, they said they were said to be hopeless. What he does, he makes them whole and he makes them healthy. Am I right or wrong? But he also does signs with prosperity. There are signs of prosperity. There are indications and revelations of his goodness. When people look at somebody and they think about how broke they were, how messed up they were, and how, and how hopelessly in debt they were, and then they see something. Then they see how quickly and how powerfully God brought them up and has now made them established personal prosperity, blessing others. That's a sign. Tell your neighbor that's a sign. Well, people look at them and they go, I know they weren't smart enough to do that. They couldn't have figured that out on their own. They didn't even have the education for that. So what happens? They know it had to be the goodness of the Lord. Come on, they know it had to be the what? Goodness of the Lord. Read it again. Jeremiah 33, 9. It says, and it shall be to me a what? And it shall be to me a what? Well, doesn't the psalm say he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant? It pleases him when we are blessed. Y'all don't sound excited. It pleases him when you are blessed. Then it says, and a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth. You do understand we're part of the USA. One of the richest nations on this planet. But do you know why? 
Why was this nation founded? Freedom to worship God. Come on. The gospel has been sent from this country all over the world more than any other nation. And that's why we've been blessed. If this nation stops that, then this nation is no longer qualified to be blessed like that. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we needn't think that we're always going to be on top. And we're always going to be most powerful militarily. And the rich is just because we're the U.S. Come on, you forget your God, you lose your place. Let me say it again. You forget your God, you, you what? You lose your place. And that's why you and I better be the salt of the earth. Well, let me say it again. We better be the what? So we better be the light. And we better keep telling people when something good happens, it's God. Oh, come on. Say amen. You better keep giving him the credit. Not the Republicans. Not the Democrats. Not the Independents. Come on. Say amen, somebody. You better give him the glory if you want to stay there. Amen. Now go back to Genesis 26 because this is hundredfold. Amen. This hundredfold was a witness to the people in the country where they were living. It was a what? Witness. The hundredfold is a witness. Genesis 26, verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12. I said, then what? Isaac sowed in that land. He sowed right where God told him to stay. He sowed where? Right where God told him to stay and received in the same year what? A hundredfold. What's a hundredfold? As a hundred times what he sown. Come on. Would he have gotten that if he sold that same amount in Egypt? No. Come on. He could have said, I'm going to Egypt. I'm a man of faith. And I'm going to sow and I'm going to clean my hundredfold. But guess what? That's not going to work. And now we can see why people have missed it so badly. Just because you talk the talk doesn't mean it's working. Say it again. Just because you talk the talk doesn't mean it's working. The question is, are you hooked where, you to, where, you, where he told you to be hooked? Are you staying where he told you to stay? Are you doing what he told you to do? Are you sowing where he told you to what? To sow. Now, you can put your faith on that. Why? Because that's when it works. When you're doing what he told you to do and you're where, where you're supposed to be. He says you will reap a hundredfold and what? What? And God will bless you. Come on, say that amen, somebody. Who gave him all that? Who gave him all that? And he said the Lord will what? Bless him. The Lord what? The Lord what? What kind of God did they know? A God of blessing, a God who made them rich, and he blessed them. And then it says, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he what? He became what? He became what? Very great. Now, you got to remember where he started. Remember where he started. 
he inherited everything from his father. But now he has moved out and beyond what he already had. Oh, y'all hear what I said. It says, the man waxed great and went forward and he grew until he became, he was already rich. It says he became very great. See, Abraham was rich, but his boy Isaac became richer. It says, for he has possessions of what? Flocks. Possessions of what? Herds. And a great store of servant in the Philistines, what? Envied him. It says, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham's father, the Philistines had what? Stopped them and did what? Filled them with her. That's just mean. What's that tell us? It tell us not everybody will be excited that you reaped a hundredfold in the same year. Let me say it again. Not everybody will be excited that you reaped a hundredfold in the same year. Then in verse 16 it says, And Abimelech, who was the king? Who was the what? King. Now as a king, you own the best of everything. Come on, you had the best horses. You wore the best clothes. You ate the best food. Come on, say amen, somebody. But he comes and he says unto Isaac, Go from us. Why? For thou art much mightier than we. In other words, I'm the king. And you driving in a chariot that's better than mine. You wearing clothes that's better than the clothes that I wear. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, you making me look bad. Come on. It was up. What happened? It was a sign and a witness. Let me say it again. It was a sign and a witness. And later on, you'll see that they begin to realize it was God who prospered him, and they wanted to make a covenant with him. To do what? To get some of what was on him on them. But listen, folks. It's a bad witness that you and I are broke. Because why? That's what this world pays attention to. Say it again. It's a sad witness that you and I are broke because that's what this world pays attention to. Why would they want to leave what they're doing and come and serve a God who can't get them any bet in, a, in, in any better shape than they're already in now? Why? Because they look at you and they look at somebody else and they go, they can't even fill their gas tank. Hello? Come on, they go to church and they holler and they hoop that he's more than enough. My God's an awesome God. But from where I stand, he ain't. Why? It's a bad witness. Tell your neighbor, it's a bad witness. Come on, tell somebody it's a bad witness. But I believe I'm amongst those. You don't have to repeat that now. I believe I'm amongst those 
that are sort of like David's mighty men when they first started out. They didn't look like much. A lot of them were disgruntled. They were deep in debt. And they were all in a bad way. But before it was all over with, they hooked up at the right place. Oh, come on. At the right time, on God's side, and they became the mighty men. They became powerful. They became influential. They became wealthy, and they were strong. And guess what? They didn't start out that way. Does somebody in here have a vision to come up from where you are? Let me ask again. Does somebody in here have a vision to come up from where you are? Do you want God to be honored in every part of your life, including your finances? So people will look at you and say, wow, I remember when you were in a bad shape, but look at you now. Oh, come on, say, Mr. How? Where did you get all of this? And what happened? That becomes a perfect door to witness and say, let me tell you about my God. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Let me tell you about El Shaddai. Let me tell you about Jehovah Jireh. Let me tell you about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and about the God of Jacob. Let me tell you about the real God of the real Bible. Come on, he's the, he's the God of plenty. He's the God of very rich. And he's a God that will do signs and wonders through us to show other people. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Lift your hands and begin to give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, lift your hands and give God honor. Hallelujah. God wants to make you a witness. A witness. But he has to get you to place where you're wealthy. Where you're what? Wealthy. See, there's a difference between rich and wealthy if you didn't know that. See, somebody can be rich, but they're not wealthy. See, rich, you may have a lot of money in the bank, but guess what? You can't leave that business alone. You got to be there. <laughs> so you're rich, but you're not wealthy. You got a lot of money, but your hours, you spend a lot of hours doing what you do. Well, without you, that business won't work. <laughs> but when you're wealthy, the business is on automatic. And all you do is go to the bank and make sure they made the deposit. wants you wealthy not just rich he wants you to go beyond rich he needs you to be wealthy because when you're wealthy guess what that check's coming in and God said go to Egypt you got the money to go to Egypt and you ain't worried about the business going come on say amen somebody because you're wealthy 
God wants you wealthy. He says, I've given you the power to get wealth, not just be rich. God wants you to go beyond rich and enter to the wealthy realm. Well, you can take off a year. Okay. Talk to this side over here. Well, you can take off a year. And then not even phase you. You're not working tirelessly all day long. You can go to church when you need to go to church. <laughs> Amen. God wants you what? Wealthy. Wealthy. That's why he needs you to get this prosperity message. And realize prosperity is real. It's real, folks. And he's trying to get it in you and through you so you can be a witness. Because somebody will come up to you and say, how did you get all that? How'd you do it? And that door becomes wide open. But let's now, let me sit you down. This may take a little while. Come on, say amen, somebody. When you start listing all the things that God has done for you and how he's taken you from here and brought you to where you are right now. And they know and you know it couldn't be nobody but God. But faith comes by hearing. You got to have faith for it, folks. You got to have faith for prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you.